All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Come try everybody. It's the episode Tim Tin Man, and boy does it stink. The big old brown stinky shit is stinky. I hate this episode. <laughs> so yeah, mm. lots of Stargate loving to come on this Stargate loving podcast. Let's just get through it as quickly as possible, because Jesus, criminy. I got ten points right on the beginning of the episode for the egregious homage to Wizard of Oz, because Tin Man, you know? Tin Man, Tin Man, Tin Man. What would have made it worse um, would have been if the people, the, the robots in this episode had no heart, or were going through that same issue. Eh. Anyway, ten points. I mean, so yay, we're on this wonderful planet P3X9er 8er, the warehouse of rotating orbs. And you know, blah blah, the plot happens. Zappy zappy, they're unconscious. Wakey wakey. Oh, something's happened to us. Tilk, you okay? I am well. Of course you are. You're Tilk. It's uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, and I am blinding drunk on sherry right now. <laughs> Watching Stargate, life is good, except that I'm watching this shitty episode. Fuck. Comtria. I have to admit, I do love Comtria. I kind of say that in my personal life now and then. So I gave that two points for just a wild card. Like, yeah, th- th- that's kind of cool. Comtria. Um, and also, lumped in with that is the, the this is better. You have been made better. This is better. You will see things are better. <laughs> I often say that too. <laughs> and I it's been so long since I saw this. And I think the last time I watched Stargate through, I might have even skipped this one. So the last full watch I did was like 2015 to 16. Um, <laughs> I think I skipped it. So maybe the last time I saw this episode was in like 2012, which is a long fucking time ago. And I still say this. No, 20. It might have even been 2009. That was the last time I did... The, the, the time before the time I did a full watch-through. <sighs> Is the room spinning for you? Okay. Um, but yeah, this guy Harlan. Ugh. What a bore. Ugh, a real snooze. He's a lot like Ergo, who is possibly the only character who is more annoying... <laughs> I, but that being said, he's he acts all crazy and whatnot, but he's actually just tickled pink. He's delighted because his Frankenstein monsters are working. So it's not that he... He knows he's not talking to real people, so he's just going, hmm, Ah, you said something! Ho, 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 how about that? That's wonderful. Come try ya! 
because you said something that was coherent. That means the thing worked. So, you know, he's, I guess, he's not as bad as all that. But fuck, I hate him. 999 hours, that's 11,000 years. How'd you know that? How'd you know that? Well, the penny drops. And we've got body switching in this episode. So that's a five points on the board that makes us at 17 already. Um, So we get back to Earth. They fuck off back to Earth. And there's a one point for the uh, guys walking in front of the gate. The old stock footage marching around. Good on you guys. Keep it up. Just keep it up for ten more years. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really funny when Jack like realizes something's wrong and stabs himself in the wrist. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> when you get the close-up of his prosthetic arm that he's cutting apart, you see these sprouts of dark, thick hair just... Bwah! busting out of the surface of his skin. It's so gross. It's so unrealistic. At least I hope it's unrealistic. I mean, I have seen Richard Dean Anderson's arm as he shook my hand. So, I, if it really looked like that, I would have noticed, I think. He was in short sleeves at the time. <laughs> See the uh, previous episode for details of our meeting at the uh, Melbourne... What was it called? Return to the Gate 20th Anniversary 2017? Anyway, I kind of want to give him another point for the... It's like a reference... I've already maxed out the egregious homage points at 10. But there's another little reference there to the uh, Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back. Little wristy robot parts going... And then he closes up the thing and... Yeah. We get a nice little bit of information in this episode that General Hammond's wife died of cancer. Does does that get mentioned any other time ever? I don't believe it does. Which is weird. I mean, logically, if he's got granddaughters, you have to say, okay, yeah, then he had children somewhere along the line. But, like, it's his family is never mentioned apart from his granddaughters when the NID threatened them. I got the message. That's coming up later. Um, what's that, season three that that comes up where he resigns? Anyway. Um, Fraser doesn't want to keep them in the uh, infirmary, but my question is, why move them? They clearly need to experiment on them, and like, medically. Why move them to a prison cell when they need to run a million more tests? <laughs> and also, Fraser's like, I strongly caution against keeping them here on Earth, given all our previous gold ploys. Um, here's a gold ploy that your daughter, Cassandra, who had stuff inside her that made her explode when she tried to leave. Remember that? Yeah, good one, Fraser. Let's just send them away again. That's... Oh, my God. And part of this... There's that, but there's also, like, other little tonal inconsistencies that makes me think maybe this episode was filmed really, really early in the series, where everything was kind of a little bit, like, wide-eyed and innocent, and, like, the drama was a little less sophisticated, and things like this, like, the the plot interweavingness hadn't been fully fleshed out. Um, 
this, the director I noticed was Jimmy Kaufman, who I've never heard of. Um, so I can't say for sure if he had a director cameo, but his directing, I mean, hmm, the, the thing is, it, this episode sucks. I don't know if I can lay it at his door. It seems, I haven't looked it up. I should have looked it up and prepared for this before I just hit record, but here I go. I, I don't know that he did many episodes. Maybe this might be the only one, but, uh, it's certainly his first one anyway, and it's like very inconsistent with the rest of the other ones. It's very like mid shotty and too shotty. Um, and there's a couple of cool little uh, steady cam movements and stuff when there's supposed to be drama happening, but really, this is. Yeah, it, it isn't his fault. This script sucks. The stakes are so. Fucking artificial. <laughs> um, in so many ways. And I... Oh, God, I hate this episode. I hate everything about it. I hate everything the people say. I hate the pacing. I hate, you know, that that's the director, like, giving notes. Like, hey, how fast was everyone going through this scene? Where's the tension level at? It's so, like, plotting... Oh, this happened. I guess we must be robots. Well, if you think about it, we must be better. Don't you think it's better? Daniel, I can't deal with it. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. This episode just goes on. Make it stop. Won't somebody make it stop? <clears throat> Where was I? Yeah, I mean, look. This episode is just a bunch of people chatting in rooms about, uh, you know life-threatening stakes. And, you know, I, th it just occurred to me, that's the problem. The, the drama in this episode, they're really telling us and not showing us. It's just, yap, 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 yap. And I don't even really get why Colonel O'Neill is so outraged. He hates his life on Earth. You remember? <laughs> he, uh, you know, w can't deal with anything. He's not coping with the death of his son at all, his wife left him, he's got no ties, he's got his work, sure, good for him. But like, yeah, really? The the whole thing about O'Neill is that there's like a part of him that really doesn't want to be there. And this episode would be a fucking brilliant example of a time where they could have gone and shown that side of his character and like, well, what if O'Neill completely checked out? What if he just went, fuck yes, I'm free of the responsibility. There's nothing more I can do for Earth. I'm just going to sit here and do my thing. Yeah, anyway, am I ranting? I can't tell. Uh, let's check the notes here. There's two push and swell points for two different scenes, but I didn't make that detailed notes about where they come. It's just chit-chat in rooms. And occasionally that ends with a push and swell point. My notes, uh, literally, the, the rest of this page just say, blah, 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 blah. As I was watching the episode, I wrote down these crucial notes. Because, <laughs> honestly, the, the dialogue doesn't matter, the text doesn't matter. The issue of this episode about whether you're a real person or not is not fleshed out very well, and the extent that they go into it is basically established within eight minutes and finished within eight and a half. And it's like, blah. 
so slow the rest of it. Um, I did appreciate that Teal'c freaked out and died in this amazing frame-skipping fast motion. <laughs> but he, no, he didn't die there, did he? Uh, he um, it's his goal taking over the brain or yada 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 yada. Um, when Sam and Dan are fixing that ventilation problem, which is just Daniel standing there putting his hand in a thing saying, Oh, I can feel it. It's broken. Okay, I got it. Okay, it's fixed. And then Sam just, like, looks concerned. That's all that scene is. They stretch it out for, like, five fucking minutes. I'm so angry. But, um, there's this amazing camera work. (laughs) Go have a quick rewind and, and watch this little bit where, you know, the complex is disintegrating or something. And it's supposed to be rumbling. Oh my god, something's happening. It's collapsing. There's all this shaking. And Sam and Dan are just standing perfectly still, like only robots could. And the camera is has obviously got a camera shaking device attached to it. It is going nuts. But then, you know, like, if this was Star Trek and the Enterprise was being shot at by Borgs or whatever the fuck. Everyone would be, like, running around and hitting the corners and clutching onto the console and stuff. There's none of that. It's just, like, camera shaking. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) They don't even try. It's such a fucking cop-out of an episode. Apologies for the language of this one. Like I said, I fucking hate it. (laughs) I've got no filter on right now. Um, I did appreciate some of... A little bit of the exposition from Harlan about how though a few people were selected to live underground, <laughs> which is funny to me because I'm playing this game on my mobile phone right now called Fallout Shelter. You've probably heard of it, maybe, but you just basically get to keep 200 people alive underground <laughs> because the Earth has become too radi- radioactive. And it's such a fucking cool little nihilistic game. I love it so dearly. And uh, uh, yeah, I like the idea that that uh, little vault of radioactive survivors exists in the Stargate world. Um, what happens in the episode? Really, what could have been like a really cool point in the episode was that Teal'c had two things blended into one, and then he goes all Terminator and starts destroying Jack O'Neill and like rips his face open, and so he has this terrible robot prosthetic on his cheek the entire time. Good God, did you see that thing? It's like a giant bulging pustule. <laughs> it's awful. Um, and so they have to make another Tilk, and if you look at him, he's just blinking in that machine, like, with all that, like, tanning butter on him. <laughs> it's so... Like, they don't even establish any of the rules about whether the, the body is the synthetic body is like animate or able to move or yada yada. And then they see that and they demand that Harlan takes them back to their real bodies. And the real people are just like sitting there looking around. Here's my question about that. Uh, hasn't it been like three or four days or has it literally been like episode time? Like, 25 minutes, because it's, they kind of acting like it's more like four or five days or something, in which case, how have those people sitting on the, the, the real bodies, stuck on those, uh, benches on Harlan's planet in his lab, have they not shit their pants by now? 
I mean, some things are inexorable. <laughs> um, there's no more points in this episode. Uh, blah, 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 what's in the notes? Let me just read it and see if we can decode it as I go. Am I hallucinating or do these blah, blah, oh, it must be robots. Do some kind of ploy. Oh, I know what I meant by that. Um, wasn't there like a later episode where Jack and Sam... No. Fuck, I'm getting things confused. They get some report back at the SGC that Sam or SG-1 and Jack, you know, they've done something and they deduce that it must be one of the copies of SG-1 that's just, you know, lying around the galaxy at this point. It might be those other ones that go super, super fast. Remember when Jack and Sam get those super fast powers and they just run up into this gold fortress in, like, super flash speed? It's like, uh, what's-his-name from X-Men? Oh, if I can remember his name, I'll die a happy man. Quicksilver, who, like, runs around while everything else is in slow motion. Is it those fast-motion robots? Or copies, or whatever, that do the crate? Yeah, I'm losing my mind. It's been too long since I've watched the whole thing through. Really, it would be, uh, more helpful if the this info was fresher in the mind. But... <laughs> it's the first time we see the uh, the two Carters doing the back and forth. Like, oh my God, how the molecular? No, I know, but it doesn't violate the uncertainty principle. We accounted for the blah. <laughs> of course, we see so much more of Samantha Carter talking to Samantha Carter in the end of this one. It's like, uh, is it the end of this series? No, at the end of this series, Daniel goes over to a different reality, right? And then it must be the end of an... Oh, not in the end. But in another series, Carter comes through the gate and she has long hair and they they work it all out. And it's it's like the inverse. Daniel went to visit another dimension and now Carter comes. Anyway, here's the first double Carter thing. But it, yeah, we've already given all the points for this. The uh, five points for body switching and what you might call it. Um... The two Jacks at the end, that was the only interesting part of the episode to me, where they're like, ooh, both of us have competing uh, wants and needs here. We both want to go back, only one of us can. There's a little bit of interesting character work there, and it's, you know... (sighs) This series one stuff is so fucking naive, and they rely on the actors being like, literally just wide-eyed enough to sell their tense emotions. <laughs> I wish they'd get into it with the dialogue a bit more and really tease this out, but anyway. Um, especially fucking Daniel in this episode. Like, I guess these actors are doing the best with the script they've been given, but Jesus, this script sucks. It really sucks. God, it sucks. <laughs> this episode could literally be four minutes long and all the important parts would have been hit um, for all the content that's in it. And they've stretched it out. Um, and life has never been more terrible. Um, but yeah, Jack Jack O'Neill, talking to Jack O'Neill, I, I love that line about sending the bomb. I know you were thinking that. I was thinking that, so fuck you. <laughs> um... 
they do this now and then. Like, they make this big deal in Stargate about burying the gate. And because I do Cree You Who podcasts at such a long interval of time, I might have forgotten. Have I actually mentioned this? Why do they need to bury gates? That's my quibble. That every time they mention it, I fucking just go, What? Why bother burying it? Why not just stick a bunch of stuff, like a whatever you want, lead. Say you get a giant lead thing, or naquita, whatever the heaviest possible element is, and just like plug it. Just plug that sinkhole. <laughs> plug the stargate, so that the thing can't form. What's it called? The uh, event horizon. Uh, isn't that the same thing that burying does? Because, st- follow me now, there's that episode, uh, I believe it's Series 3, I can't be sure, where Colonel O'Neill, yeah, it must be Series 3, um, he gets stuck on that planet and he basically starts a new life with a woman there who's, you know, they have a farm, he's building a house, he's fitting in with his rural com- community, and then like, three or four months later, Sam and Tilk and Daniel figure it out, and they finally get their buried gate on Jack's planet to activate, and Tilk is stuck underground, and he, and trying to dig out. So what the fuck? What the fuck? The the burying the gate in that case, I believe it was buried under like an explosion or a rockfall or something. Burying the gate did nothing. What is this thing about burying the gate? And also, <laughs> I'm sure I mentioned this in the episode about the uh, pilot, but. Uh, Daniel Jackson uh, instructed the kids of Abydos to bury the gate and only one day uh, open it again. There's no way to bury it in a pyramid. It's made of stone. There's no sand. Ah. Ah, yeah. There's my quibbles. Let's count it up. 10, 12, 17, 18, 19... 20 points on this episode. Man, it sucks. Man, I hate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have more fun next time. Um, I need a top-up. Anyone else need a top-up? All right. Kriyuhu and Contraya!